Hey everybody, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. We have a monster of a show for you today. Awesome guest, just a all-around amazing person. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit about this person's story. So strap in, grab some tea, some coffee, energy drink, whatever you need. And uh, let's go. All right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. My name is Chef Matt. I'm your host. Um, and we have an amazing gentleman with us today. I'm so excited about this one. Um, he is the founder of Weightlifting House, world-renowned podcast, um, at least in my world it is, and uh, a leader in the world of weightlifting media. Um, without further ado, uh, the voice of the people, Mr. Seb Ostovich. Welcome. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, I tell you what, my introductions are getting greater and greater every time I come on a podcast. So that's the peak so far. So thank you for that. You've made me feel very flattered. Oh, hey, no, but thank you. Because, you know, in, in a way, um, you're the reason why I am here because and, and I'm not going to put all that pressure on your shoulders. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, when I when I joined into this world of weightlifting, I didn't know anything about it. And that was like 2018. So and by that time, the world of weightlifting had been you know, pretty much exploded mm. and, and you had been doing your thing. And, and, uh, your, your podcast was the first one I came across and it was just, it was really inspiring because, you know, I had the, I had the friendship with John, right. And right. he, you know, he's my coach and all that stuff. But, uh, at the same point, I didn't know anything about it. And so listening to your podcast was very influential. And so, what I want to do here is I wanted to kind of take it back. And mm -hmm. because you started this from the ground up, you know, you started right. this with a bunch of friends in a house, which where weightlifting house came from. So take us back to day one. Like, was this the goal where you're at now? Um, it's a funny one. I think honestly, it sort of was the goal. It was one of those goals where you didn't really tell people because it seemed so ridiculous. And you weren't even quite sure yourself if, well, you certainly weren't sure if it was going to happen. And you weren't sure if it was something worth believing in or trying to go for. But right. always in the back of my mind, there was a thought of, can I grow this to be an established media company in weightlifting? Can I, can I get to a point where I can hire people and bring them in and, and create good content, create good products and travel to competition? So it's, it's always been in the back of my mind. It's been like a rudder that's been you know, driving me and giving me direction. But yeah, um, yeah there was absolutely no guarantee. Um, <laughs> there still is no guarantee that this is gonna, I'm going to pull this off in the long term. But I'm, I'm sort of, uh, yeah, I'm going for it. Well, I mean... Um, the guarantee yeah there's no guarantee in business you're right <laughs> but at the same point like you know you you have created a monster and 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 especially now with, with the combination of, of max ada like you guys make right. a great team so thank um, you yeah but like you know so when it did start like you know what uh how did you take that leap so i was yeah as you kind of alluded to i was in a house of weightlifters um, and we didn't call ourselves a weightlifting house or anything like that. We, we were actually picked up in an article, like a, 
a university newspaper and they referred to us as the weightlifting house oh, that's uh, which isn't where I got it from I just remembered years <laughs> later that that's what they'd called me so maybe that's where it subconsciously came from but right I was in a house of weightlifters and we lived and breathed weightlifting and like you I was watching a lot of John North I was watching a lot of Cal Strength we all were yeah uh, we ate together we trained together we took pre-workout together you know like we did all of that stuff and it was just such a fun time we made a few vlogs. They had zero track. I mean, we might have got a couple hundred views on one video one time, but nothing right. really. Um, and then after university, I messaged Glenn Pendley, who obviously was John North's coach. I'm just talking about John just for the reference, because I yeah, know a lot of people yeah, yeah. listen to this come from John. Totally. Um, and so I, I reached out to him because Muscle Driver had ended. And I said, look, I live in a house of weightlifters. I was speaking on behalf of everyone. I just said, we want you to be our coach. We'll fly out. We'll live there if you coach us. Hadn't really checked with everyone, but I'm sure I could have convinced them. Um, and it took about six months, but eventually he replied and he just said, you know what, let's do a training camp. If you come out, we'll have a training camp. It's the Christmas one with me and Donnie Shankle. Um, and we're like, yeah, that sounds great. So we flew out, had a great time, spent a couple of weeks there. And it was while I was there that I kind of decided, okay, I'm going to... I can't leave here with nothing. Right. So, you know, right. I could very easily end this, go back to the UK and never speak to Glenn <laughs> again. And that's it. So I was like, well, I got to, I got to do something. So I just said, look, I will schedule and plan an entire seminar tour around the UK in Ireland, England, all these places, Wales, um, make you money. And, you know, he was like, sure, let's do it. So I set that up, told him I could drive. I couldn't actually drive. It took me until, I think it was like three days before he turned up, I passed my driving test, Wow! even though he'd, I told him that I was going to drive him all around the country. So I was terrible at driving when he turned up. Um, I was kind of terrible. You know, I had never driven even like motorway. And then suddenly I was doing like <laughs> six hour journeys every day with him. Yep. Um, yep. But, you know, you've got to throw yourself in at the deep end. I put all my money into it. And then, uh, yeah, it was when I was with him, he said, look, you've got, you know a lot about weightlifting. You love talking about it you need like a podcast, maybe a website, any ideas. And I had a few names, you know, like the weightlifting platform, which I still think is a good name because it's, yeah, yeah. it's a platform on many levels. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I said, well, I lived in a weightlifting house and he said, that's it. That's the one. So yeah, picked that, bought the domain name, started a podcast with Glenn, which was really, I mean, that that was, you know, people often talk about how much of it is luck and how much of it is hard work. Right. And there's absolutely, it, it, it doesn't ever feel like luck because right. you're so aware of every decision you make. It's so consciously chosen, but um, there has to be luck involved. And to yeah. me, that's the, that, that's where I pinpoint it the most is if he hadn't said, do you want to do a podcast? I wouldn't have, it's not many, but like you instantly get say 400 listeners on a podcast, which is a lot of listeners for people to yeah. tune in and listen to you. I agree. And that was like instant because of who he was. Right. And right. so then I could use them to kind of grow. So um, that was very helpful. And now, well, like you said, I'm in a situation where I've got someone like Max Ata and we're yeah. going to restart the podcast because it's been a while. I've not been doing it properly. So we recorded our first episode again a few days ago and it's like, oh, nice. we're going to restart it, kick it off again and, you know, just talk weightlifting because that's what we love to do. I love that, you know, and, and it's interesting because I have a very similar story, but using, mm-hmm. you know, taking Glenn out of it and putting John into it because he was like, hey, I remember the day he called me. He was driving back to his house and he's like, I want to get you on the podcast. We should do a food, right. you know, a whole food segment. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, sure. You know, being the introvert of myself that I am. And, <laughs> but it was the same thing. It was like, it was okay, let's do this instantly. 
started an Instagram and had, you know, 200 followers just because right. of that. And yeah, so that. you're right. I think that there's an aspect of luck into what, what you did, but I also think um, it took you taking that first step and reaching out to Glenn, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it took absolutely. you, it took you probably getting denied a couple times before you got the person that said, yes, let's do this. And yeah, yeah. so when, you know, knowing your story, I know that I was like, you know what, he, he's, there's a lot uh, to be learned from this man. So when, you know, when you did get into it and you started working with Glenn, um, because I've heard a lot about him, never got to meet him, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. um, what, you know, what was your, what was your most like your first initial reaction on who he was he so before i met him he was just almost like a bit of a mythical figure you right. know the that's why my too. sort of yeah you know when you you see those memes it's like the known universe is like a certain size and <laughs> everything outside of that yeah. my known universe for weightlifting was basically everything that glenn had touched and very right. little beyond that like i knew international weightlifting course but not you know i used to be just hyper focused on u.s weightlifting because that's where the the characters came from right and unless an athlete has a bit of a character and a story it's very hard to get invested in them so i was very usa weightlifting focused so he was just you know everything in weightlifting right um and so yeah i i'd seen everything they'd done i'd listened to every you know i used to train on my own for years i used to you know walk to the gym twice a day to lift weights that's awesome um, the only person in the gym snatching clean and jerking and i would just listen to <laughs> um weightlifting talk the weightlifting yeah. script, just as many weightlifting podcasts as I could. Yeah. So I'd listened to hundreds of hours of Glenn or John, people, like those kinds of people in my ears. Right. They were like the soundtrack to my first five years of weightlifting, basically. That's cool. Um, so then, you know, to meet him and him to, it's such a vote of confidence. You probably experienced it with John when mm-hmm. someone like that mm-hmm. decides like, yeah, I think you could, I've got like some influence and I think I could help you because of my influence to get into this world, because I think you're going to be yeah. someone potentially. Yeah. That's it's cool. such a vote of confidence and it's like, okay, I owe it to you to really give it everything. And I still yeah. feel that, especially now that Glenn has passed, you know, it's like this sense of, yeah, I, you gave me a leg up for sure. Yeah. So I just got to keep running with it and see what I can do. Yeah. You know, I, you bring up a good point about the influence and like the, that confidence aspect, because, um, taking that leap into something like, like this with, you know, this, the one thing that, that is really, um, you know, I guess not, it surprised me about this world of weightlifting and how much of a free market it is, you know, it, all it takes is making yeah. that, that jump in that effort, but like, right. Like having that confidence behind you is just such a yeah. huge thing. And I think about this a lot with John and I'm like, you know, how I'm always like, Oh, how can I pay him back? How can I pay him back? But you make a really awesome point right there, which is like, mm. just give it all you got. Cause that's going to yeah. pay that person back. That's yeah. really cool. That's really neat. Um, so you were a rower, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you know, <laughs> unfortunately, so you went rower to, did you do CrossFit? I don't think I, you did. I mean, so kind of, I, <laughs> I did rowing because it was the most difficult sport. I think, mm-hmm. well, one of the most difficult, like I had, I still do to some degree. I have a, um, associate, like I see correlation between difficult and then yeah. result. Yeah. And so things where I can work extremely hard, um, I like to do because I correlate that with doing really well. It's not always the case, you know, the whole yeah. work hard, 
work smart <laughs> type thing. But yeah. So for me, Rome was one of those things where I could do the training twice a day and I could just kill myself every session, you know, totally. fall off the erg and then go lift weights and then go for a cycle and all these sorts of things. That became the, that's the only time I've been burnt out by a sport where really? Like I really felt a sense. I woke up one day and I was just like, I'm never ever getting in a boat again because like my kind of personality is i have to be i basically have to be the best that's how i feel about i I don't feel like that so much anymore but when i'm when you're in a group of like 40 guys and everyone's trying to be the best rower and there's a scoreboard there it's like sinclair calculates for your weight so it decides where you rank Mm -hmm. and i was i started out like 20 10 5 3 and then I was nice. always in the top three. I was never number one, but I was always nice. in like the top three. Nice. And that is just not good for me. Like right. to have that, <laughs> always looking at it. And I just worked so hard and I just had to stop. And I I saw, I think while I was rowing, I saw an article about CrossFit, about Rich Fronin. Yeah. It was like 2012, something yeah. like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, you know, he was like two-time champ at that point. And I just thought he gets to be in the gym all the time. That was the only reason I kind of thought it was cool. It's like, I just wish I could be in the gym more because all i knew was yeah. you're either a rower or you do bodybuilding and you can train like five days a week and i was like yeah. well he trains three times a day which sounds so sick right. so i got into crossfit <laughs> uh lo- i loved watching the sport of crossfit for like several years to go yeah. but i transitioned into weightlifting within about three months because like i was had that same thing with rowing i was like okay if i'm going to be the best and go to the games i have to be able to snatch 140 like yeah. that's just like a requirement so yeah i need to get my physical capacity up in that because i've already got the fitness you know i can do all the gymnastic type things but i'm not strong right, right. so i um i was the same way decided okay yeah. i'll do that for six months and i'll be able to snatch 140 and then you know <laughs> six years later i still couldn't snatch 140 but i just <laughs> fell in love with the journey of trying to so well that's, that's how i thing. then transitioned into weightlifting yeah. yeah you know that then you the the journey the journey is, is such yeah, a yeah, beautiful yeah. thing and that's why, you know, that's mainly why I love the sport is because I know that journey won't end anytime soon yeah, and I'm yeah. continually going, but, mm-hmm. um, so let's talk about, you know, because this, you know, this is primarily a food podcast, you know, as an athlete, as, as somebody who does, uh, lift weights has somebody who's been an athlete pretty much all your life from what I can see, you know, how do you use food? Like, what I, is it to you? I, I've grown to love food more yeah. and more yeah so when i was younger so I, I don't i don't think i've ever mentioned this but i mean it's not that big a deal but i was born with a a deviated septum okay and then really bad asthma as well i used to have a lot of wow. like asthma problems as a child yeah but as a result my smell was always awful and so was my taste Interesting. and so to me food was always incredibly bland i had a, i was yeah. very skinny i was very small i was always okay. the shortest in my year okay and then i you know then i grew and i right. got over six foot and it all changed but right. like when i was younger i was very just like not eating very small didn't enjoy food at all it's like the least favorite part of my day mm. and then when i got into sports seriously nutrition became a big deal but it was primarily just the calories and protein that i cared the most about right so i was like okay i need to get from i weighed 71 kilos when i finished rowing mm-hmm. and i was like well i need to be over 100 kilos i need to be a 105 so i was like okay it's four to four and a half thousand calories a day minimum for a couple of years and i went from 71 to 101.8 was my Whoa. peak yeah again like 30 <laughs> kilos um i'm now like i've been stuck at i dropped back down i've been like 90 you know 495 for nice. a few nice. years now that's cool um 
but it was but it was a case of you know looking what is the most what is the easiest way to get calories in and right one gram of fat is nine calories so what's yeah. what has the highest fat content that's not going to you know be too unhealthy so it was yeah. just it was olive oil in my shakes every night i would i would have 100 ml of olive oil protein powder nice. milk nice and i would drink it and it's you know 100 ml of olive oil is basically 900 calories right plus right. the other stuff you get a cheeky thousand calories in right before you go to sleep uh, yeah. And then I would just curl in a ball and like hold my stomach, but I just sort of had to do it. Not, not particularly healthy relationship right. with food, I don't imagine. Um, no, but you now know, I'm just loving food. That's great to hear. Um, and yeah. you know, you I like what you talked about the olive oil because um, my my great grandma grandma used to swear by a teaspoon of olive oil every morning, and oh, then yeah. she would she yeah, would yeah. talk about it because of her skin and and all that stuff. Right, and she right, didn't. Right. I swear the woman didn't age at all. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but at the same point like there's so many easy ways to get fat into your diet or to get that calorie yeah, yeah. intake i think people overthink it a lot um yeah, absolutely but uh you also bring up a good point about the uh, the health aspect because we can all gain weight you know we right. could go to mcdonald's or whatever fast food and just sit there and, and down cheeseburgers all day but at the end of the day that's not going to help us in that long run, mm. right yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and so having having a good nutrition, um, you know, in this sport, I think that there's this idea that you just got to grab everything you possibly can. So I like that you said that of love, like really honing mm -hmm. down what was going to be good for you. So that was that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's transition a little bit into the media aspect. Um, mm. I find this part fascinating. And, you know, when you said I wanted a media company. Like, how, what did you do? Were you contacting like directors and saying, "Hey, can I just show up and take pictures or video or what?" How did that work? I it is surprisingly open. There are, there are fewer borders in weightlifting than you'd imagine. So I just yeah. I turned up to a. We had a national championships, which happened to also be an international qualifier for the Olympics. Right. Um, back in two thousand nineteen. So it's not even that long ago. I'd just been doing the podcast for a few years and that was it and growing the Instagram. But I went to that and guys like Ilya Ilian turned up who I was just like, he was basically my favorite <laughs> weightlifter ever. So it was just yeah. insane. And like I got to speak I... to him and yeah. Oh. yeah, some of the Chinese oh. team turned up and the Ukrainians and, awesome. and I was like, well, this is great. So yeah. I need to go yeah. to the next big one, which was the world championships. Right. So I flew to California for a couple of weeks and flew from there to Thailand. Right. And I just emailed them and I said, can I come and film? I'm, yeah. you know, representing weightlifting house. I always speak like that to make them feel like it's a bigger thing. And I'm yeah. like, I'm <laughs> representing weightlifting. And so there's like a, t back then it was just me and one other guy who I'm yeah. still working with. Um, we do have more people now, but it was just the two of us. And I just sent that. And I think they said, yeah, it's $100 to get the pass. And that was it. And I just wow. turned up with a very cheap camera and just started filming as much as I could. That's great. Um, and then you post, and if as long as you're posting things that people enjoy, and you know, I kind of realized very quickly, I'm not going to compete with some of the other media companies on the quality of the footage because right. I'm, you know, I'm not interested. I don't know how to use a camera. I still don't. I'm not interested <laughs> in lenses. I just, you know, what I mean. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have no idea. I have no interest. I love it when someone else can do it. It's cool, but it's not what I bring to weightlifting. Like, right. I bring my knowledge and my passion to weightlifting. Right. Right. So I was like, okay, if I film this training session, the way I can differentiate is by talking about what it was like being there, talking a little bit about the, the story and the journey to the athletes, what I was feeling, what, uh, what athletes were looking over, like the mind games, 
that's the kind of thing that I could add to it. So I was like, that's my niche in terms of YouTube at least. Right. So let's stick with that. And also the getting better quality camera stuff that can always come. Like I can, I mean, we've just invested like a ton in a new camera, which we haven't yet used, but we'll, will at some point. And, you know, just with like, I say just, it's not easy, but like a bit of money and suddenly you can just up your quality. Right. But it's very difficult to, it takes years to gain the knowledge and the passion. So mm-hmm. it's like, let's start with that and let's upgrade as we go. And it takes us years to actually upgrade, but we're about to, we're about to because it <laughs> seems like we need it. Because so many people have turned up into the media sort of side yeah. of things. And yeah. they don't have as big a following, but they've got really nice cameras. Yeah. And so it's like, well, <laughs> right. we, can't, we can't look worse than everyone else. Yeah. So yeah. we've got we to sort that. Yeah. Are, you, are you ever popping up at um, American uh, events? I'll be in pretty... Vegas next week. Oh, you will? Solid. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. That's my first uh, US. I mean, I've been to the US a few times, yeah, but I've never yeah. been for a competition. Okay. So I'm flying over to um, what I woke up this morning as like an absolute Armageddon on Instagram of people hating on the venue and the setup. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that'll be fun. I, I'm yeah. basically flying in with, I'm going to meet Max and his wife, Joanne, and Mont- um josh who i was obviously done the podcast yeah. with yeah um and we're just gonna hang out and and film some content for the weightlifting ai and you know oh, that's cool. that sort of stuff that's cool yeah awesome yeah you know um out of all the events that you've you've done on the media side of things who was who was that 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 like uh, you already talked about your kind of your favorite lifter but who was the mm. golden nugget who was the most interesting athlete that you've actually like been able to speak to Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, I hate to, I, yeah. it's almost cliche when you say Lasher, but no, that, you know, he, he is the most, he's the strongest weightlifter of all time. And right. I think you can make a very good case that he's the best weightlifter of all time. Right. He, he might not be, but if he's not, there's only one person who is. Right. Um, so he's at least in the conversation with two. Absolutely. And so I've not done a lot of conversation with him because he doesn't speak any English. I did a, I did have a sh- very short interview with him at the European Championships, which I, I uploaded that. a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that one. Um, that was cool. But other than that, it's 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 nods and handshakes with him. That's about it. Yeah. Um, in terms of conversation, you know, I spent a lot of time living with Ilya, which was yeah. great. Oh, so we had a lot okay. of just random conversation and, and that sort of thing. Um, I bet that was Miso, gold. Yeah. It was gold. Yeah. Uh, I got yeah. the I got an interview with Lu Zhaojun, like a half hour interview, oh. which is insane. Uh, with a translator, obviously. Uh, that was very cool. I mean, I like the things, you know, for example, after the European Championship, we we just watched the 109s and the Bulgarian Christo Christov had won. Yeah. And I went out to just chat with him. He's standing outside smoking a cigarette because they all do. Right. And, right. you know, and I just started talking like, how do you feel? And he's really pleased. And he said, He's like, oh, you know, I weighed 119 kilos five days ago and I had to cut down 10 kilos in five days. <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, I didn't drink for five. No, he said, I didn't eat for five days. I didn't drink for two days. And I had three saunas when I woke up today. And when I started <laughs> lifting with the bar, I had no legs. Like all my strength was gone. And he still won. Oh, you know? wow, but like, wow. It's those sorts of like little insights that are like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm so glad that I was able to talk to you and, and learn that. It's just interesting. Well, yeah. And, and it's funny because like, you know, we hear all these podcasts, these weightlifters and, and people who have been at national level and international level and all that. And, and everybody has their own opinion, which is great. But you're hearing it from the people who are like right in it. And like, you know, mm-hmm. like, for, like you just said, like, you know, he would, he cut weight. 
Uh, you know, I just talked to a coach not too long ago that was like, no weightlifter should ever cut weight. But <laughs> in the reality of things, like you do what you got to do to make your weight. And well, so, I mean, for him, it's like, I can't be a super. Well, actually, he said he's going to go up to super. But in general, <laughs> it's, it's only because the 109 categories, you know, it's being axed in the Olympics. But he can't really be a super. Right. And he can't be a 102. So what's he right. got to like? The, yeah, yeah. He's just a big guy. So he has to be. Have to he can't something. live at 109 very easily. Right. So right. he has yeah. to do something. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But yeah. So, um, um, you know, you've, you've transitioned into kind of a different or a new segment of weightlifting house with, you know, AI and all that stuff. Yes. Kind of, let, let's talk about that transition. Like how, mm -hmm. how did that come about? Were you like, well, we need a mix up or was it just like, that was kind of like always the goal of keep on doing like that. I'm always someone who will keep adding to what we do because I, I have a very hard time, you know, standing still and, right. and just repeating the same, you know, if we get good at selling thumb tape and straps and making videos, I'm going to get very bored very quickly. So we need something new. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there are a few, there are a few things. One of them is the fact that when I first started weightlifting house, the thing that I always told Glenn and that I told everyone on the podcast was I want to own or I want, I want to coach and own the first professional weightlifting team. Yeah. So I want to be able to build the weightlifting house enough that we can pay salaries for athletes to train that's and I awesome. get to be their coach. Yeah. That was my goal. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of changed over the years. Um, and it's no longer, I want to have a professional team. It's, I want to have the, the best and biggest team in weightlifting. And, yeah. I, and, and Max is a great person to do that with. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've got the, the, the reach um, at least starting to get the reach we've got a fair few people who follow us now but we've got that aspect max is just an unbelievable mind in terms of his programming right. you know his his conversation there was a reason i had him i've had him on the podcast more than anyone else even before we started working together because yeah. he just had a level uh, it was just the depth of his understanding was so great that you could just always ask why 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 and he could keep going and i found that so interesting and I also just, you know, hate to use the word, but I just vibed with them. Yeah. You know, we, we get, on, we get on very well. Yeah. Um, totally. And you can tell back in, yeah, back in 2019, when I was in California, he mentioned about this idea. Um, and I was like, that sounds so cool. And then yeah. nothing happened with it, you know? And then, uh, whenever it was, you know, months, uh, six, seven, eight months, I don't know, whenever it was like back in 2021, yeah. towards the end of it he reached out about it and said that he'd been building it um and that he wanted us to be involved or would we like to be involved and right. i was so thrilled yeah um, so we spent i mean that that really has dominated 2022 has been getting it right yeah um and there are still always things that we're going to be have to do to improve it you know i'm yeah. writing emails even now trying to get feedback from people like how can this be improved you know right. what can we do because you know it's got this amazing thing in it where it it changes, you know, week by week, day by day, literally rep by rep, like if, well, not rep by rep, set by set. Like if you're yeah. lifting yeah. well, it will then take you up. And if you're lifting badly, it will take you down. And if you're nice. doing really well on a certain exercise and it realizes that, then it will just switch that exercise because the correlation over to your snatch and cleaner jack is going to be lower if you've already got a hang snatch that's 105% of your snatch or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's working out what you need based on all the input they've already given it and then the day-to-day -day feedback that you're giving it. Nice. And so it's got this sort of like in your pocket coach aspect that we've then also been able to couple with the, 
online team aspect of you know people post their videos and we've got me and max and josh and joanne you yeah. know helping with form and all that sort of stuff so it's yeah it's it's a new aspect of weightlifting house um and it's one that i'm, I'm i feel like i'm at the bottom of a um, mountain again and i have so much motivation to get to the top <laughs> but right now you're sort of looking around there's 50 different paths yeah and like you know yeah, so right. it's, it's it's stressful there's a lot of things that we could do uh right. and a lot of things we could do wrong but you know it's it's fun yeah. isn't that a great place to be though at the bottom of the mountain yeah. with the climb like like you yeah, said that, that that's like the most motivating spot because mm. you're just like yeah. you know you see you barely see the peak but you're just right. like that's where i can be and that's really exactly. cool. And, and, you know, hearing you talk about it is, is really neat. And you can hear the passion and the motivation in your voice. And, and right. uh, one question does <laughs> being a master's athlete, does it account mm -hmm. for age? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So it, cool. it accounts for age and then your sort of how good you actually are. Right. Based on your age and your weight category and everything. So it, it very quickly nice. is able to narrow in on the type of athlete you are and, how much volume and intensity you'd need being say, you know, someone turns up and they're, they're 60 years old and they've been lifting for three years and these are their numbers. It knows a lot about them already at that point. And then you feed in all of your numbers. Um, but I think the thing with masters lifters is often masters lifters almost feel or act like they need a totally different style of programming. Nah. But really what it is, is you need to spread out mm -hmm. the stresses yeah. further and further apart and give more opportunity for rest. So it's not yeah. like everything has to change. The variables are just manipulated slightly. The That's peaks awesome. are still high, but there are sort of slightly more, you know, technique days or lower yeah. stress days. But you can still hammer things, you know, heavy if you're a master oh, yeah. athlete. And, you yeah. know, and, and it took me actually a second to figure that out because when I came into mm. the world, it was like six days a week, you know, you have one rest day and all this stuff. And so I was just like, Oh, okay. So I'm supposed to go six days a week and my body was not okay with that. So now I'm to right, a point right. where I'm, you know, I'm spreading things out and I'm doing things, you know, the way my body reacts well too. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's one thing I did not say in your intro that I, I mm. absolutely apologize for. Congratulations on your new recent engagement. I believe you're going to get married soon. Oh, Is that what you. I saw? Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we've been engaged for almost a year okay. but we get married uh in a year as well so awesome. we went back the other day to the to the location where we're going to get married and it's yeah i'm 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 thrilled it's uh yeah i went it's funny thing when we started dating yeah we've been together for eight years yeah um so it took me a while but when you started dating i was so focused on weightlifting i made it very clear to her if you ever make me pick between the two you're gonna lose <laughs> you are a brave man up to me. i know <laughs> yeah. she brought that up to me the other day and she's like is that still true and i was like don't ask me no <laughs> yeah. you know i said obviously th things change things change yeah. but it shows how um yeah i was so and i think it's good to have these focuses but yeah you know yeah. sometimes you've got to rethink priorities in your life and recognize how important yeah the it's people just... who make you a better person are over That's the hobbies it. that you kind of like yeah it's so true yeah, it's so true. You know, when, when you find that that person or the people in your life that, um, that really um, strengthen you, you just mm -hmm. you figure out a way to make it work. And, uh, you know, you've talked yeah. about that multiple times through this show. But mm -hmm. uh, we're running up on time. So I have I always ask my guests one question. Um, and it's just kind of a fun topic. But like, uh, for you, what's uh, what's your last meal? 
if you had to pick anything, anything out there, what is your last meal? So, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person who I, I don't necessarily need this beautiful, cohesive dish of flavors. I'm happy to eat 10 separate things on the plate that don't necessarily <laughs> fit. Love that. And if it's my last meal, they're probably all going to be meat because I'm just, I'm a, I feel like I was born to be a carnivore. Like there's yeah. something in me that makes yeah. me enjoy meat, particularly meat on the bone All more right. than anyone I like else that. I know. So cool. it's going to be like really good wings, really good ribs. It's going to yeah. be a ribeye. It's, is that, is that like a marbled ribeye on your that's, back? Yeah. On yeah. Your, that's what, yep. It would be something like that. Yep. Um, T-bone steak. Like yeah. it. Yeah. That, that's what I love. I just like meat. I just love yeah meat on the bone. That's uh, no that's, better answer than that. Yeah. Um, Seb, I, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time. I know you're a busy man and uh, we got to, I'm going to get, get you going here, but thank you so much for uh, spending no, a little bit of time you. with me and talking with me and just be willing to like, come on here. Like if, if anything, like this conversation means more to me than any podcast. So um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks so much. You ever find yourself in the Pacific Northwest? please hit me up. You have a place Pacific to stay. Northwest. I will definitely, it's uh, Portland, Oregon, if to be exact. Okay. But, okay. Um, well, yeah. If you ever find your way up here or you're just like, Hey, I'm going to go to the United States, man. I, I will cook you some dinner. I will, you know, take care of you full hospitality. Let's do it. Come on up. So Hell yeah. um, thank right, you again. Thanks so much. Absolutely. I hope you have a great day. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, yeah, remember food is love. 